0: This is a River Church Podcast production. Good morning. Welcome. Happy Easter. I'm glad you're with us. I can't even imagine what you might be feeling right now. Maybe you're huddled uh, together as a family, maybe with friends in your living room or your family room, staring into a TV or a computer screen. Imagine what it feels like for me, staring into the other end of a camera, and my only audience are a bunch of stray stray peacocks wandering the neighborhood. And yet, here's the time in which we find ourselves. There's no question in the last few months, we've probably all have felt a sense of hopelessness. Um, this microscopic enemy has invaded our world and has worked its way into every nook and cranny on the globe and has caused tremendous havoc for all of us. Um, it has literally displaced people, it has discouraged, brought discouragement and distracted us and really mess with our lives. Uh, thousands have died, thousands have become sick, millions have lost their jobs. And yet in the middle of it all, this is what is so amazing. We are celebrating Easter in the midst of all of this chaos and hopelessness. We read the encounter in John chapter 20 verse 11 to 18. The Andrews read the encounter of Mary meeting Jesus at the tomb. And the one thing we learn is the resurrection of Jesus Christ brings hope where there's hopelessness. And Mary's our guide, she's the star witness. We see Mary and we see a transformation happen when she meets the resurrected Lord. and something happens in the scene that changes her, and I'm going to tell you about it in just one second. But I want to build a little context for you. Not context from the scripture, but kind of context from where we are right now. Um, We're living in isolation. Three billion people are living in some form of isolation right now on the planet. Uh, India just demanded that all 1.3 billion people in their country remain indoors, remain in their homes for 21 days in order to fight this virus. Uh, it's um, it's trying times. One expert said that 70% of the population will need to remain indoors in isolation in order to beat this virus. The New Yorker ran an article about loneliness that's being caused by isolation. And refers to this um, this lack of interaction that we're having when we can't connect and interact and hug one another and and touch, um, we're losing out on a, uh, a hormone that's released in our bodies. It's a wellness hormone, it's, it's oxytocin that uh, produces wellness in our bodies because we're not interacting, we're not experiencing that. And it's, um, it's damaging to us, we know that. And so I just wanted to check in and just ask, how are you doing? I know this has got to be very, very trying for you. But we care and we're concerned. Um, I'm up and down. Sometimes I feel restless. Sometimes I feel useless. Sometimes I feel hopeful. And today I do feel hopeful. I feel hopeful in the story of the resurrection. Because of what I learn about what happened in Mary's life as she encounters the resurrected Lord. And this is what I want to show you. Mary, it says, goes to the tomb and she's weeping and she meets the angels and the angels ask her, why are you crying? She says, I don't know where my Lord is. Where is he? Where has he been taken? And uh, then she turns around and something happens. It says she saw Jesus. She saw the resurrected Lord in the midst of her hopelessness. When you see the resurrected Lord, it changes everything. Jesus in the midst of your hopelessness. And we see a transformation happen in Mary's life. And I want to look at that. Three things happen in Mary's life. First, there's a transformation from fear to faith. And then there's this transformation from wondering to beholding. And then there's a transformation from this feeling of powerlessness to being a feeling of power powerful and Mary's life is transformed when she meets the resurrected Lord and turns around and sees him standing in her midst so let's look at those three things because it's the same thing that happens in us hopelessness changes hopelessness is defeated and we become hopeful when we meet the resurrected Lord when we see Jesus standing in our midst and so the first encounter the first encounter here, we see this fear uh, transposed into faith. And here's what happens. So she sees Jesus, but she doesn't know it's Jesus. And Jesus says to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she says to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus says to her, Mary. Mary. Mary, and then she turns and says to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, teacher, mentor. See, in that moment, Mary, in a fearful moment of feeling as though all was lost, meets Jesus who is her mentor, her teacher, the inspiration of her life. She has an intimate account a, a encounter with Rabboni, which means rabbi. It's an intimate way of saying, teacher, the one who's inspired me, that's given me hope, the one who's given me confidence in life. I had a teacher like that in high school. Probably of all the teachers I've ever had, it was in high school. I went on to college and, and two master's degrees, and yet this one teacher, Lee Strauss, had a huge impact on my life. I, I had many mentors and great teachers that I look back on but this one in particular for some reason Lee connected with me I connected with Lee and um, she inspired me she gave me confidence I wanted to be like her in many ways I remember at the end of her life when she was dying of cancer I went to her and I sat at her bed of her 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 hospital bed and um, I held her hand I said Lee you will never know the impact you've had on my life. Uh, I will miss you. But this life is not all there is. I wanna encourage you. Jesus will be your guide into the next life. Follow him. And she prayed with me. But that one woman inspired me. She was a mentor for me. That's who Jesus was to Mary. And when that happens, it transposes fear into faith. See, what we fear often is something, a problem, that is bigger than the solution. But when we have faith, and it's faith in someone, what happens is the solution overpowers the problem every time. Faith gives us a confidence. That's why Jesus said to Nicodemus in the middle, kind of late at night, when Nicodemus came. To Jesus in John chapter 3 and says tell me about eternal life and Jesus says you must be born again. What he was saying is you got to start over and you got to see me for who I am. It's an encounter with Jesus and right there Nicodemus meets Jesus. Has that happened for you? That's where the resurrection story begins. That's where it's got to happen. You're never going to have the hope of the resurrection until you have an encounter with the mentor of your life, the greatest mentor of your life, which is Jesus, who taught us the way and the truth and the life, who mentors us, who leads us, who guides us. There's a second transformation that happens in Mary's life, and it's from wondering to beholding. Mary is wondering, she's wondering, what is going to happen to me? What happens next? And then something happens in this transaction. Look what happens. Mary turns around, sees Jesus, and calls out, Rabboni. And then Jesus says to her, because something happened, stop clinging to me, for I have yet to ascend to the Father. Mary, stop it. Mary had grabbed on to Jesus. No one had ever done that before. She grabbed onto Jesus. Why did she do that? I mean, we always we're always debating as to why Jesus said, "Stop clinging to me. I have yet to ascend to the Father," because he was in this resurrected state. He had bodily resurrected, and he was in this intermediate state where he was to ascend to be with the Father. And you nobody asks the question, "What's going on with Mary here? Why did she reach out and grab onto Jesus?" I'll tell you why. We grab onto things we grab onto all sorts of things and whatever we grab onto that sets the course of our life. When I was in college, you know, graduating, trying to figure out what I was going to do the rest of my life, um, I grabbed onto the idea that I would be in real estate and that's the direction I went in for the next five years, went into commercial real estate. And yet I knew it wasn't in entirety what I wanted to do with my life and then I made a transition and went back to school and um, decided that really what I wanted to do with my life was to teach God's Word and be a spiritual guide for others and I went into the ministry and that is what I grabbed on to. And when I grabbed on to that, it changed the course of my life. Here's the point. When Mary grabbed on to Jesus, she is grabbing on to what she saw in Jesus. I think that's what's happening. She grabbed onto him because she saw him as the resurrected Lord, that he had just conquered death. He defeated death. And when she grabbed on, she grabbed onto the part that she wanted for herself. She wanted to pay, take part in that overcoming of death. Philosophers from Plato to Hegel say, whatever, whatever you think about death in the afterlife will determine the course of the rest of your life. That you, You need to settle that. And what Mary settled when she grabbed onto Jesus is she knew that Jesus had promised eternal life. That she knew that when Jesus overcame death by life, that that's exactly what Jesus was offering her as well. And that's what she was grabbing onto. See we live our lives from the future backwards. We know when we know where the future is, we'll be able to live forward towards it. Towards it. Does that make sense? And so, when she grabbed onto Jesus, she grabbed onto the resurrection part of Jesus, knowing that's what she wanted for herself. Little did she know the full impact of this. Paul would have to come later in Romans chapter six and tell us this important thing. That when we die with Christ, we get buried with Christ. But when we're buried with him, we also get to be resurrected with him as well into newness of life. That's what Romans 6, the first four verses say. We get to be resurrected in new life with Jesus. Because Jesus was a resurrector from the dead, we also get to participate in that resurrected life now. And that's what Mary wanted. You know, I have always thought that um, becoming a Christian literally means when you die, you go to be with God somewhere. And when I was a little kid, I was always scared to death of it. Literally scared to death. Until I read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I always thought that you'd get disembodied and you'd kind of find yourself somewhere in the heavenly space and there you were for eternity. And it just scared me to death. What in the world am I going to do for eternity sitting there? Until I recognized that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 it says that because of the resurrection we will all be changed. We will all be changed from mortal to immortal. We will receive resurrected bodies as Jesus received resurrected bodies. This is so important. The future is a resurrected body with Jesus as he recreates heaven and earth, the original creation, and we get to participate with that. That's the resurrection story. Mary's grabbing on to that, but what she didn't realize is she gets to live that now. She gets to be part of that. It's a, it's a, it's a portion of something greater to come. It's as if um, a parent were to give a child part of the inheritance now to help get their life going. read the account of Warren Buffett and his son wrote the story of his life and and said that he gave both of his children just a very tiny fraction of the inheritance early in their life in order to help build uh, a foundation. Here go take this money, invest it, and start a life for yourself. But it was just a small amount and yet that small amount as um, Warren Buffett's son describes um, Kind of set the course of his life that's what the inheritance that we have in the bodily resurrection does for us we get to live the newness of life now we have a confidence we have a sense of, of, of bravery that we't we didn't have before Newness of life Paul says in Romans six is living life in resurrected state as Jesus was just a taste of it by the way just a taste of it there's more to come but right now in newness of life it's sharing in a taste of that resurrection and it's a brave it's an ability to face life with great courage um, there's an amazing scene I got to tell you the scene it's in Lord of the Rings and it's the battle at Helm's Deep and it looks like the castle is going to be overcome by evil and the people have retreated from the castle into the caves and all life is basically, it looks like uh, all bets are off. And, um, and yet, uh, as they're retreating, Theoden and Aragorn have a conversation. And Theoden says, so much death. What can mere men do against such reckless hate? Write out with me ride out and meet them for death and glory, for Rohan, for your people. The horn of Hammerhand will sound in the deep one last time. And then there's a voiceover. There's a reminder to them that Gandalf, who's a Messiah figure, says, look for the coming at first light on the fifth day. And then back to their conversation. Let this be the hour that we draw swords together. Ride out with me. Let's go. Gandalf will meet us. I think that's the picture here. When Mary grabs on to Jesus, she's grabbing on to resurrection life in Christ. That's ours. To ride out in the face of evil, to ride out in the face of fear, to ride out in the face of whatever you're facing right now there's one last final thing that I want to relate to you and that's uh, Mary goes from powerlessness to powerful because in the text after she meets Rabboni and, and stops clinging to him he says Mary go tell the brethren and Mary comes announcing to the disciples I have seen the Lord confidence Tremendous confidence from a sense of powerlessness. And now she feels tremendous power. Mary doesn't run scared from encountering Jesus. She now runs with tremendous strength and power, telling others boldly of who Jesus is. He's resurrected. I have seen the Lord. We, we feel so powerless right now, I think. I think one of the the things that we might feel if we're not on the front lines, if we're not a doctor or a nurse or an EMT or a a first responder is that we feel a sense of kind of uh, uselessness, maybe powerlessness. What can we do? And yet the resurrection of Christ gives us the power to do lots of things. We can pray. The power of prayer is great. 1 Chronicles 7.14 reminds us that we need to, to pray and humble ourselves. And when we pray and humble ourselves and repent, then it says in the text, in 1 in Chronicles 7.14, I will hear your prayers and I will come and I will rescue you. That's what God promises. We can, we can give. We can, there's ways to give. We can give financially. We can help others. My wife and I sat down and said, who can we give to right now? Who can we help financially that's in trouble? It's what we can do. It's power. It's the power of the resurrection to overcome a sense of uselessness or powerlessness. Um, we can be encouraging, encouraging our neighbors, encouraging other people, connecting with other people. There's lots and lots of ways to do that. I'm reminded from this story that this is a woman in the Old Testament's in the first century, excuse me, in the first century. Of little status, yet with a powerful encounter with the risen Lord. And you can have one of those two this morning that changes your fear to faith from wondering to beholding a life that you can have, a resurrected life, and moving from powerlessness to becoming powerful, seeing Jesus standing in your midst changes everything. This has been a podcast production of The River Church. To find out more information, please visit our website at riversouthbay.org.